Hey race fans, welcome to Talking Stock. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome back to episode number seven of Talking Stock. That was our boys Novus playing us in on the strings. Had the opportunity to see them this 4th of July weekend. Man, it just blow your doors off. But anyway, to everybody at home, happy 4th of July. We're recording this the day after. I hope everybody enjoyed Independence Day. Enjoyed the race on last Sunday. But man, Trey, it was a good holiday for me. How are you doing? It was a great holiday weekend. Took a little four-day vacation from work there, so that's that's always fun. Uh, spent some time with family and friends. Got to see both my family and my girlfriend's family. So a lot of fun. Saw some fireworks. Enjoyed it. I dig it. I dig it. Yeah, man. It was good to just get in the backyard all weekend, really. I know a lot of people probably had to go in on Monday, but a lot of people were also fortunate to have, you know, kind of the whole continuation. And, you know, I was lucky enough to not have to, to do anything on Monday. But a question came up during the barbecue, man. And I just want to ask you. Is it are you a cornhole man or are you like a like a beer pong guy for when it comes to like the backyard barbecue games? The backyard barbecue, it's definitely got to be cornhole. Now, if you're talking a tailgate, different story. Backyard barbecue, cornhole. Yeah. And, and like, I don't think it's up for debate, actually. I think like cornhole is far and away. First of all, it's a sipping game, right? Like, you just get like you are playing it. I'm right handed. So I've got a drink in my left hand. I mean, you just can't beat it. Right. I mean, that's just top tier. It was top tier for the 4th of July, man. I, I can't beat that. Yeah. I can't think of anything more American than drinking a beer, playing some cornhole while someone's barbecuing on the 4th of July. Yeah. Maybe mixing a little Rick Derringer. Um, real American, the Hulk Hogan theme song. Is this how you're playing? Um, but man, it was a blast. Great holiday weekend. Uh, love Independence Day every year. A different track for us. We mentioned it last week. I'm sure you've heard it from a number of outlets. If you follow NASCAR, Chicago street race. And on top of that, we didn't even have an American one. We had Shane Van Gidsbergen. So congrats to him and the Project 91 team. Winning in the streets of Chicago is an offbeat move from NASCAR. Fitting that we get an offbeat winner, man. But it was an 84% good race. Fourth best race of 2023. And Trey, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah, so first of all, definitely congratulations to that Project 91 team and SVG. He ran a heck of a race. Uh, we saw there at the end when the track started to finally dry out, he was able to really show the speed of that car and the skill that he has uh, coming from the supercar series and running street course races that that's his style. That's his game. Um, but I think NASCAR achieved their main purpose of this weekend, and that was expanding their audience. I, I saw something like 80 percent of at track viewership was like their first time at a at a motorsport event, which is pretty remarkable. Um, and I would assume that the, the increase in at-home viewership uh, shows very much the same of, of new people to motorsport watching the race this weekend. That's a very good point. Um, you know, drawing these new eyes, drawing these new experiences, and you're able to reach the inner part of Chicago by driving the cars through the inner part of Chicago, you know, there's a lot of people that just don't get the exposure. And I think that that was probably the overall goal um, when it comes to, to, to creating fans. I mean, um, you know, it, it's traditionally a Southeastern sport. 
Um, you know, that's obviously where the roots of the sport lie. But over the 75 years, you know, there's fans all over this country that really enjoy the sport. Um, and and oftentimes people just wouldn't know to turn into television and put on the race. But when you bring the race to people, and that's what the street course did, especially uh, up north and in urban areas, you're able to present the product to them in a creative way. And, you know, it, I don't know how much people really do this, but it, it, at least while it's fresh in your memory, you'll be looking at streets and, you know, for who knows how long you'll say, man, you know, I'm sitting on this traffic here and man, they're going 160 miles an hour here in, in some NASCAR cars. So I think that it was definitely a letdown getting the weather that we did. Um, I found myself even being a little bored during the race just because it was, it was very single groove, you know, just because of the wetness of the track and if you hit a slick spot, especially early trying to pass, you were going into the wall. So really limited your options there. I was pretty disappointed with how the tra- the race kind of turned out, to be honest, um, just with the overall with the racing. But I don't think that that was within anyone's control. Yeah, I didn't think it was a great race from a pure NASCAR fan uh, lens. It, it was not great. There was little to no passing in the first 60 laps um the only passing we saw is when someone uh hit a slick spot on the track and ended up underneath the the tire barrels um or in the wall so i didn't think it was great from from that perspective i think maybe the weather had something to do with that because i do think that the last 15 laps we started to see a little bit more of that but i think overall it could have been a lot better and was kind of disappointed to see the on-track performance. Um, and then some of the blunders that NASCAR had, I think maybe we could have just run this race on Monday. And I think that that would have given us a better experience as well as they knew pretty early that with the, the rain delays that made the race start, you know, around six Eastern time um, that we weren't going to go the distance and they waited pretty long to, to tell everybody that they were definitely going down to 75 laps, which I think shuffled a lot of the the best cars from, from the day to the back. Yeah. And and that was a call that in all honesty, knowing what we knew when we started the race, just time wise, I think that that was a call that could have been made from the very beginning. And it certainly could have been a call that was made a little sooner. I mean, if you were listening to the audio with Adam Stevens and this Christopher Bell group, um, they were pretty vocal on their disappointment with that. And, and I, I think that's for good reason. Um, it not, not to take anything away from SVG. Uh, I mean, he to come and win your first race is something you just don't see. We haven't seen it in over 50 years, but at the same time, I don't know if he gets it done. If Reddick doesn't get shuffled and bell doesn't get shuffled and, I think Larson also was a product of that. There were some really good cars that just never made it back up to the front after that pit call, especially because there was only so many laps to go. You're right. I mean, you only, you, nobody has to worry about pitting again. So it just kind of changed the whole race. Again, it was just, unfortunately, God was not on our side with this one uh, this weekend because while the race got ran at the very least, I think the weather contributed to obviously the finish, but even just the on-track performance. But like I think you touched on earlier, Trey, I think it overall accomplished what NASCAR wanted this weekend. Yeah, it definitely it definitely hit the points that NASCAR wanted to do by taking a race to the streets of Chicago. Um, and I think that's step one. 
now you have to find the way to hook the fans and keep those fans because they might not realize it yet, but that their excitement came from it because it was their first race. I think if you keep putting on a similar production year after year, if we keep going back to the street course and how I think we talked a little bit, it might be cool to see like going to a different city each year to have like one street course on the schedule and shuffle between some cities to bring people from all over. Um, But I don't know if that's NASCAR's plan, but they need to have a better production to hold on to those fans moving forward. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think also I would like to see from NASCAR. I said it last week. I mentioned it prior. This is an oval series and I don't want to see that change. I don't think anybody truly wants to see a change, but it's not true to the sport to, to sell what it's not. And what I don't want to see happen is them throw a quantity at the problem. If they say, a, you know, a big boost in this, just like we saw with a ton of the influx in the extra road courses. And then it's crystal dirt and we're going to the Coliseum. I think all of this stuff is good in moderation and good. If they keep it to a few marquee events, like obviously the clash is not a points paying race. But I don't want to see half of the schedule become gimmicks. And that's what I mean, to be honest, like that's kind of what they are. Like Chicago Street Race is a gimmick. I think it's a good gimmick, but it is a gimmick. And you're not rewarding the best NASCAR drivers, in my opinion, if large portions of the schedule become goofy ass races. I mean, it's just I I would like to see everything in moderation. I don't want to see a bunch of street courses pop up next year. You know, maybe if they get add a street course, but maybe you take away Bristol dirt because, first of all, taking away a Bristol race never made sense. That was stupid. Um, put it's like one of the best tracks. Obviously, the short track package is not great right now, but that that always comes and goes. Put Bristol on just Bristol to make it Bristol. But uh, my overall point there is don't don't get. Don't get ahead of ourselves with these gimmicks, man. You know, it's an oval series. Let's keep it on the ovals as much as we can. And that way it's special when we do something like Chicago and it's not just something that distracts new fans and, you know, upsets the older ones, you know, it's just because it doesn't make a ton of sense, but we're making a, making an old school roots move going back to the oval this week at Atlanta. Trey, how about you? Yeah, this is one of my favorite tracks on the schedule since they, they redid it. Uh, I think this is its second year now. Um, a mile and a half running, running as a super speedway is pretty cool to see. I don't know how much the teams and the team owners like to see it because super speedways have a tendency to tear up more cars. Uh, but for the viewers, I think this race is awesome. I'm, I think that this will kind of get us back to, to some normalcy with the schedule, uh, moving forward. I know we've had the last couple of weeks as you know, some different races, some newer races, but I'm excited to get down to Atlanta. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, I love the new repave. I mean, obviously the drivers had an affinity for old Atlanta. I liked old Atlanta too, but I love super speedway racing. It's such an odd combination, bringing the feeling of Talladega to a mile and a half that they have done in Atlanta and done successfully. And, you know, it really hasn't turned too much into a junkyard. I mean, it happens, you know, there is the big one, but I think the drivers, um, have been a little more in check in the, on the super speedway reason for, for various reasons. Um, but on the super speedways, they've been a little more in line. Um, but I enjoy that, that high face, high paced um, style racetrack. And I'm excited to see it this weekend in Atlanta. It's a great market down there. They love their chase Elliott in Georgia. <laughs> yeah. um, but man, I'm excited to go back to Atlanta. I think it's going to be a really good race. 
yeah, I, I think that this has the ability to to be super exciting. Maybe see someone new at the front win this race. Um, definitely looking forward to to getting back to to going to the ovals and maybe, as you put it, not racing at a gimmick track. Yeah, no doubt. Um, but getting back to Atlanta, uh, I think it's gonna it has the potential to bring a ton of storylines out. I mean, this is a super speedway race. Um, we've got three left counting this one. And with the amount of winners we have already in the playoffs, it could shape the, this race could shape the whole playoff picture differently. And it's important as we go through the rest of this, um, you know, the storylines that come out of this race, I should say, could really, really be a big deal. And man, we know some guys are good down there. Obviously, um, the guy I'm picking is my long shot. We haven't quite got to the picks yet, but Corey LaJoy, I think is going to be hungry to win this week. He was close last year. I just think that a lot of storylines are coming out of this and, you know, for good or bad, you know, guys always aren't too happy with the rubs that happened down there on this, on the super speedway. I know last year as a Hamlin fan, I wasn't too psyched with Ross. No surprise there, but obviously I think that this race is going to bring a ton of action to this, to the series and just the news and all around. So I'm really excited for this weekend and not to take it away from Chicago. I'm, I'm excited to be back in Atlanta. Yeah. With the, the story point, uh, storyline there, I think it's like positions 15 through 20th in the current regular season standings um, are separated by right around like 30 points, which is close. I mean, that that's a lot of guys that can shuffle in and out. And I think we've had like 11 race winners. So very quickly, you could see guys scrambling to get a win here in the last eight regular season races. Yeah. And, and the cut is so interesting right now because I mean, you've got Wallace down there has been a fast car. Anything with a Toyota label, it's been pretty quick. You got Wallace and Gibbs are all in that mix. Busher is 14th and about 104 to the good. So he's not too bad, but Suarez was a winner last year. Michael McDowell has been compelling on road courses and super speedways. Almond Digger, he's a kid, he can win on any given road course. Obviously, Elliott hasn't won. So without Alex Bowman. So I think with how the playoffs are shaping up, it's it's such a competitive year at the top and at the cut. So I mean Trey, can you point to one car that you think is a, like a far and away championship car? I mean, Larson's been really good. Truex is hot lately. William Byron has been streaky. Uh, he always kind of struggles in the summer. I mean, Kyle Busch, I think he's an under-the-radar candidate, but there's a bunch of guys up there. Yeah, I don't think anybody has separated themselves, and I think we even saw that a little bit last year. I think Joey Logano went on a couple-week stretch there and ended up winning it all. Uh, but he went on a couple weeks stretch that he was super dominant. But I think with this next gen car, nobody can completely dominate like maybe like how they were used to. Um, so I, I'm pretty interested to see if somebody will separate themselves or if we'll get kind of a down to the wire. Every position kind of counts for all 16 playoff drivers uh, as as we move forward. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. But as we get into our Atlanta picks here, Trey, not really eventful Chicago race for us. Um, the shuffle kind of took all of our picks out of it. We both landed a point off of Chase Elliott. So the season standings are currently 12 to four in favor of Trey. Picked the race winner a couple weeks ago, bringing that lead all the way up to eight. But as we go into this week, Trey, who are you feeling as a winner in Atlanta? 
Yeah, I got a guy that finished second here earlier in the year. Hasn't won since Talladega in 2021, but bad Brad Kozlowski. I think he finally gets his own car into victory lane this weekend. Yeah, I think that's an exciting pick. And, you know, Brad's been really tough, especially at Talladega. So hopefully he keeps some heat on the super speedways down south. And I'd love to see Brad win. I was obviously not too much a fan of his for the majority of his career, but you know, now that he's kind of taken on this role at RFK, that's a very storied team. The six is a storied number. I'd love to see him back in victory lane. But as for myself, I'm going to go with YRB. He's an Atlanta winner prior to the repave. But, man, he's been tough on the super speedways in his career. I'm going to go with the 12 of Ryan Blaney. You can never count out Ryan Blaney at, at a super speedway. Um, but for me, my top five consist of all single-digit cars. Uh, so I got the six of Bad Brad the eight of Kyle Busch, and then the nine of of uh, Chase Elliott. Yeah. No, and, and I don't uh, – I wouldn't sleep on Chase Elliott winning this all outright. Um, obviously, a home track. He won there last year. But, man, clinching a playoff spot for him. We talk, It seems like everyone's talking about it every week. It's a great car. He's a great driver. I'm pretty sure he's going to compete for the championship this year. But, you know, it's still up in the air. And as long as it's up in the air, it's going to be a talking point. But I wouldn't be shocked to see Elliott win this whole thing. But as for myself, pairing up with Ryan Blaney, I'm going to go with the 11 of Denny Hamlin. They were pretty quick there last year prior to being wrecked out. And then the 23 of Bubba Wallace. I'm going to have him in the top five. Bubba's got a good, strong record on the super speedways. He's been close. Seems every year he's close, sparing a move that seems to put him in the wall. Um, He gets a little antsy, I feel like. He's a good super speedway racer, but I think he's just got to take it as it comes and take the run uh, as it comes. But – I think Bubba and Danny find themselves in the top five with Ryan Blaney. Hopefully I get some points. I need to close this gap a little bit. We've got 19 races, I believe, left. So we'll see We'll see how the standings up, end up here. But uh, we're going to wrap this up going into our, our last segment here. It's a new segment. Um, we're going to try and give this to you every week. We've been compiling some questions. Um, we, we encourage you guys to use the hashtag talk and stock or reach out to us in the DMS with some questions so we can feature you on here, but seven shows in, we're finally ready to, we're going to have three questions on here and, uh, I'll get into the first one. I'll have Trey read the second one, but Trey, this one comes from Steve and Steve says, do you have a dark horse to make the playoffs this year? And how many winners will we end up with? Trey, I'll let you answer that first. Yeah. I think you had mentioned this guy already on this show as a, maybe a dark horse to win this weekend. Uh, but that's Corey LaJoy. I think that 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 seven car, that seven team has been fast at times throughout the year. They've been pretty competitive for being kind of on the the back end of what we would consider good equipment. Um, so I could definitely see see that team making it into the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. I I think that that's a great call, and it's going to be more of a dark horse than my pick. But when you talk about how much that Spire group has improved compared to last year and all the strides they're making with the next gen. Um, I'm really impressed with Corey LaJoy and the Spire team. And if they were to make the playoffs, it's absolutely deserving. Um, my dark horse to make the playoffs, it's hard to call a Joe Gibbs car a dark horse. But because this kid is a rookie, I think that it's valid to call him a dark horse. The 54 is in at 16, I think, right now on the cut. He seems to be getting better every week. I wouldn't be shocked to see him even win. Um, but I'll call him more of a dark horse, not because because people might dismiss that and say, well, it's a, it's a Joe Gibbs car. You know, it should be competing for a championship. I think Ty Gibbs has a shot to maybe make it more than just the round of 16. I think he might even advance. So I think that uh, and I, a guy to keep an eye on is certainly Ty Gibbs, and that would be my dark horse. 
Second part of the question there, Trey asked how many winners that we're going to have this season. You touched on earlier in the show, there's 11 currently, but there's a lot of good drivers without one. Yeah, there, there is a lot of good drivers without it. Kevin Harvick doesn't have a win yet. Chase Elliott doesn't have a win yet. Alex Bowman doesn't have a win yet. And then you got guys like Bubba Wallace, who's gotten wins at Super Speedways. Daniel Suarez has gotten wins. Michael McDowell, AJ Allmendinger. There's a lot of guys that haven't gotten wins that very easily could end up in victory lane, especially just in these last eight regular season races. Um, so we're currently sitting at 11. I'm going to say that we're going to get up to 14. I'm going to say that definitely, as my prediction shows this weekend, Bad Brad gets a win and gets on that list, and Chase Elliott gets a win somewhere. So that's that gets us up to 13, and I'm sure that Kevin Harvick or, or probably Alex Bowman will get that be that 14th guy. Yeah, I agree that the 14 was sticking out in my head. 15 also seems possible. 16 different winners. That's so many. It seems like a bridge too far. But if you get like someone like LaJoy that wins this weekend, I think Harvick's good for a win. I think Elliott's good for a win. And I wouldn't even be surprised to see Bowman win. I mean, it feels like almost all of Alex's wins have come at the end of a race that they just kind of hung around for. So it's so hard to count them out to say they're going to go winless this season. So I'm thinking 14 or 15. That was a good question um, from Steve there. Next question, Trey, I'll let you go with this one. This is from Megan. Yeah, this question from Megan is a good one. I, I like this one a lot. So she asks, what's your favorite paint scheme of the 2023 season? Kyle, I'll let you go first with this one. This is tough. Um, my Denny Hamlin, Hamlin instinct is asking me to go with the 11 car they're going to run this weekend. They ran it last year at Atlanta. They're running it again. It's a, it's a Coca-Cola scheme with chrome letter numbers um I, I think it's just looks sick it reminds me of like a 90s car i think it's just clean looking um but to not be a homer i'm gonna say my favorite was michael mcdowell's uh folgers throwback to mark martin that was that was a really good scheme yeah i like that one a lot i also won't be a homer i do like some of the the schemes that kyle bush has run this year that that lucas oil blue blue car with with the mm -hmm. white and, and red mm -hmm. there that, that one was pretty cool to see but my overall favorite has been Tyler Reddick when he drove the Michael Jordan UNC kind of throwback uh, mm -hmm. car there, the, the bit Tar Heel Blue, if you will. Certainly not a North Carolina fan, but I thought that, that car was super cool and kind of showed like the outreaches that, that NASCAR has brought in getting someone like Michael Jordan into the sport. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a great answer. Um, that's just a good color. That, that Tar Heel Blue is just... Mm. It's good as an also as a non North Carolina fan, but it's a good color. Last question comes from Will. Will asks, um, because you guys have hinted you are from Pennsylvania, what track do you consider to be your home track? I think that's a good question. We have mentioned we're from Pennsylvania, kind of. We're from the western part of the state, southwest Pittsburgh area. So for us, you know, a lot of people would hear Pennsylvania and say, duh, Pocono, but it's really not that close to where we are. Um, I would say for me, I would consider a home track to be Michigan. Yeah, I think Michigan. So I've out of the two that we could consider kind of a home track, I've been to Michigan once and I've haven't been to the Poconos at all. Um, so I, I don't know if I necessarily classify with a with a home track. Um, but there's certainly a whole bunch in this area that we can we can get to within a six, seven hour drive. So. Yeah. 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 We're not too far away from like your Martinsville's Bristol, Richmond are all about the same as Michigan and Pocono, but the closest time wise is Michigan. Um, but MIS, I, I really do. I love that track. It's um, 
you get to see the whole track because you know it's still smaller but the speed um you get that like i mean it's still the fastest track i think um so you're really bringing some heat there i'm a big fan of mis if you haven't checked that out but there's obviously um some local tracks here uh, i know you've mentioned uh learnerville before trey i've I've gone to Jennerstown quite a bit, which is substantially farther south in Pittsburgh. But, um, you know, there's more of a, a racing scene here that I think a lot of people um, know about. And, you know, I encourage you to check that out. Uh, if you are from the area to go look at your learner Vils. I know Kyle Larson's coming in September. So, you know, there's there's big events happening um, in these local tracks. And you can really get your racing fixed throughout the week and not just be from NASCAR. But with that, excellent questions. I appreciate everyone that reached out. I know Trey does. Please continue to do it in our DMs. Mention uh, mention us with the hashtag TalkinStock. We'll get your questions on the pod. We'd love to hear them. So be sure to check us out at the Talk and Stock pod. We want to know where you're rooting from and who you're rooting for, as always. And we appreciate you guys for tuning in. Enjoy Atlanta. Mm-hmm.